Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back. I'm John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific International. With me still is Joe Postma, astrophysicist from Canada. And uh, the first hour we had talk a great talk with uh, Professor Gloria Moss. It was a little bit downbeat in the sense that uh, we've got a lot of work to do to push through the corruption and the malaise in the world economy and so forth. And um, in academia, there are problems, but also in the business world. And uh, to help us you know, do that is we have an expert with us. Um, you know, TNT Radio, we like to balance the doom and gloom. We, so we obviously wanted somebody on the show who could give us a good insight into what we can do to better our economic future. Somebody who can talk about entrepreneurship, and that's Chris Almeida. Chris is recognized as a global business strategist and visionary leader for empowering innovation in tech, media, funding, and beyond. He's worked in top positions, including senior program manager, CTO, CEO, COO, executive director, and more. Hi, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, just before we came on air, we, we made the point about our previous guests and how we were talking about a bit of doom and gloom and academia and, and corruption. Uh, you've had a taste of that yourself, haven't you? Absolutely. Uh, I had the opportunity. I was uh, the uh, executive director for the Resident Science Foundation, which was an educational research foundation based upon the work of unified physicist Nassim Haramein. And we faced uh, this all the time. Uh, from having his Wikipedia page erased, from having his papers black, blocked on uh, X archive, it's called archive, um, and in many places having difficulty getting published uh, scientific research papers. Um, you know, the conventional uh, academia uh, wants to have one voice, one narrative, and anybody who is uh, opposed to that narrative or offers an alternative view to that narrative is blocked very effectively by the by the capital that's behind uh, that narrative. So I've definitely faced this. Yeah, and um, the important point here is the fact that um, innovation tends to come from inspired individuals, not collectively. If anybody knows anything you know, about how success in history is, is, is acquired, it's usually by some guy, some genius who comes forward and uh, gathers initiative and, and we talk about things like paradigm shifts paradigm shifts don't happen unless there's kind of a movement to that and it's, it's always somebody at the tip of the spear isn't it absolutely absolutely i think it, uh, it's interesting i was thinking about this before the show like what are the what are the conditions that kind of create entrepreneurship what are the conditions that create you know uh, an invention and it's really uh humans are really good under pressure right we uh we have a tendency when there is, you know, adverse conditions, if we're cold, we find a way to get warm. If, you know, if we need food, we find a way to get it. Uh, this extends all the way up into all of our pursuits, both academic, uh, physical, uh, electrical, you know, from technology. And, you know, we have, we find a problem, we have a problem, we find a way to solve it. So it's very interesting to see, especially when you, when you speak in regarding to freedom-based technologies or technologies that are really suited towards increasing one's own uh, sovereignty or liberty, which is a big area that I'm, I'm very focused on. Uh, Bitcoin is a great example of this. You know, how can we send cash without being part of the system, the existing current uh, financial system? Um, you know, we we have we find a way to think out of the box and, and to work our way around uh, the, the constraints of the different problems. And that's often where some of the, the biggest uh, technologies arise from. Yeah, yeah what is your issue. opinion? 
on, on Sorry, cryptocurrency. You, th you think that's good? Because obviously the system, you know, the, the governments have really cracked down. They monitor bank accounts. They, they do try to track, you know, Bitcoin transfers. And if you uh, convert your Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency into, uh, you know, the nation's uh, standard currency, well, then they get you for the taxes, right? And, and monitor. Anyway, yeah, you're, you're, are, are you pro Bitcoin and pro the, the cryptocurrency uh, revolution? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely pro Bitcoin. Um, as a Bitcoiner, it, we, we tend to not want the uh, the crypto tag associated with the Bitcoin itself, even though it is certainly crypto cryptographically based. Um, Bitcoin to me gives you the opportunity to truly be your own bank in a way that's just fundamentally mind blowing that we've never had possible before. Um, I, there was a quote that I, I heard recently uh, from uh, Parker Lewis, uh, where he said, Bitcoin is hard to see, but once you see it, it's hard to unsee it. And that's kind of the rabbit hole that you go down. It's, it's really not so much about the technology itself, which can be difficult to implement in, at, at this stage in the game, because we're very early. It's really only 10 years in. Um, but once you understand the principles of Bitcoin, the idea that you, know, that you can be your own bank, that you can set up a node very quickly, very easily, verify your own transactions, send it to anyone in the world at any time without any permissions, um, it, it, it's, it's an amazing and very liberating technology. I think for most of the world, especially the developed world, we don't really have the need to understand it so fundamentally because we have such a convenient financial system already in place, right? It's really easy to whip out your Visa card and to buy something on Amazon.com and have it delivered, you know, within hours, if not the next day, right? So it, it's those who are unbanked. It's those who are, are politically blocked. It's those who uh, have a, a view that doesn't suit the narrative and, and are tied off from using PayPal or, or, or monetizing their content in a way that, that, that these technologies really shine and really give them an opportunity. I think regarding the government and what they are doing, specifically in the U.S., which you know, we're three days past the, the passing of a Bitcoin spot ETF, which is very interesting uh, development in the what I would say is the financialization of Bitcoin or kind of a co-opting of Bitcoin to turn Bitcoin into something that's much more akin to what the uh, financial institutions would like it to be. Um, they are making moves, in my opinion, to set up nation state adoption and posture themselves to a place where it will be Bitcoin for me and, and not for thee. So for us, they want regular people to have Bitcoin on paper and, and they're going to monitor everything that you do. Uh, they don't want you to, to hold it in your own custody. They don't want you to be your own bank. They want to bring in the entire financial industry that's already so supported. They want your, your broker and all the middlemen and the people to tell you where to put your money and all that kind of stuff in place. And so they're trying to push Bitcoin in that direction. Whether or not they're successful, and I certainly hope they're not, remains to be seen. Yeah, this sort of refers to the central bank digital currency uh, idea, doesn't it, John? Where they're going to take uh, the 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 good idea of Bitcoin basically as a digital currency, a cryptocurrency, but currency uh, idea, doesn't it, John? Where they're going to take uh, the 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 good idea of Bitcoin basically as a digital currency, a cryptocurrency, but then they're going to convert it into this uh, totally. Uh, evil and uh, ridiculous system where they, you know, force you here. I'm going dark again, John. We said we're going to be upbeat in this hour. Anyway, they're going <laughs> to they're going to force you to spend it, force you, uh, you know, tell you where you're allowed to spend it, basically. Whereas, you know, the whole idea of Bitcoin. Yeah, it is such a liberating uh, financial uh, device, isn't it? Because, uh, 
you're in charge of your money and no one can hack it and no one can steal it and no one can tell you what to do with it, right? And of course, people say, oh, well, it's going to be used for money laundering then and crime. Guys, come on. Cash is already used uh, for yeah. crime. Uh, the governments are committing massive amounts of crime with uh, the standard currency that we have. In fact, there would probably be much less crime because you can, in fact, trade. I mean, it, it, there is anonymity, uh, but there are also tools to trace. What, what do you think about that? Is it is it traceable, Bitcoin? Uh, is it as as anonymous as cash, or are there systems no, to, to it's, it's, complete it's privacy? It's definitely not as anonymous as cash. Uh, it's pseudo anonymous, right? It's anonymous as you as you want it to be, as you practice it, as you as you employ the technology, right? If you um, you know. There are certainly ways to ensure that someone would have a very difficult time, if not impossible, to discover an address and associate that with a person, right? So you have a Bitcoin wallet, which is a bit of a misnomer. It's really a set of uh, public and private keys that you have access to that allows you to transact with the Bitcoin network so you can send and receive. Uh, connecting that to you as a, as a human being is really as a result of your actions. So obviously, if you buy Bitcoin on a centralized exchange or Coinbase, your Binance, uh, et cetera, um, they know your bank account. And of course, they are regulated by the government and they can say, yes, that transaction was tied to this person and they own that address or they have the keys to that address. Um, so that anonymity can be uh, taken away fairly easily. Um, it can also be maintained very e fairly easily. Uh, it does take work. Uh, the user experience is certainly not, it's not Visa. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult. I run a Bitcoin node. I, I run a, a Lightning node here at home. Uh, and I, I think everyone uh, should, honestly. Um, and in order to uh, establish some of that privacy and help maintain that privacy. But, uh, you know, like everyone else, I learned coming up and I certainly have transactions that are probably tied to my person government would know about if they decided to know about them yeah i, I want to just jump in and, and frame it a little a little bit more towards the reality for the ordinary people like over in in the uk here we have a famous figure uh nigel farage who who left who led the campaign to exit the brexit campaign and uh again a political figure who was not uh this did not fall very well in line with the mainstream narrative and the banks didn't like him and uh he got debanked effectively got debanked and again i can imagine him being somebody who's more inclined to see things your way because again uh you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and i again i'm a big fan of going keeping the cash um my knowledge of bitcoin is very very weak um but i'm open to it because again diversification is always the way spread your risk uh, is the way to go isn't it chris absolutely right we have to be common sense here right uh the more 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 baskets you have your things in uh the 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 harder it is for all your baskets to be robbed at the same time i think the the lesson with nigel which is is really key and i watched that with with a great deal of interest and saw it happening because he was a huge public pers personality like him or don't like him, he was popular from that perspective, was that someone of that level could actually be targeted in such a way. It was pretty amazing. I've, I've been unbanked myself. I, I had uh, the state of California decide to go after my bank account for, for something that really for no reason and with no permission. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very disarming experience because there's an institution that you trust in. We've grown up with this idea that there is these outside external authorities that we can simply trust implicitly, right? Banks, that's the most, you know, I bring in my $500 in, they take it and they stick it in a little cubby with my name in the back room, right? And there's my $500. Uh, 
And and that's part of like learning Bitcoin and like when those blinders come off and you realize, no, they don't have any money in there and they're lending it out it, it, fractionally, you know, a hundred million times. So they turn my $500 into loans for other people and they keep very little cash there. Um, so as, as you start to understand that and you see someone get affected by that, you really start to see the power of it in in places like like the UK and in, in the United States as well, of course. Um, where the, a lot of the innovation is coming is in places like in Africa, uh, places in South America and Central America, where they have huge inflation rates, of course, uh, where it just doesn't make sense to save in the, you know, the Venezuelan peso um, because that money is being debased so quickly, it's being devalued so quickly. You want to take and convert that into something that has actual value and, and will maintain that value over time. So I think Bitcoin... Um, I think it's reasonable to have savings in, in silver and gold. These are other hard assets. I think it's definitely reasonable to have, a, 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 you know, some cash under your mattress uh, in case of a rainy day. I mean, it, it makes sense to be diversified for sure. Mm. And I'd like to just throw in the, the idea that the emergence of the BRICS nations, you know, the idea that uh, Russia was hit hard very much by the Western sanctions. Um, and they push forward with China, setting up their own kind of banking, independent banking structures, you know, a card system, a credit system that didn't involve any Western banks. That, that again, probably for independent people like us, independent thinking people, that, again, is another position to consider, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, fiat currencies typically have a 100-year cycle. So we're coming to the end of the 100-year cycle of the U.S. dollar. And I think we're witnessing the de-dollarization, you know, the the, the, as the world currency, U.S. I think has a strategy that involves Bitcoin. Honestly, I think they they want to co-opt Bitcoin and have it be the actual hard asset to bank their to back their CBDC. But I think what we've seen with the BRICS is really really interesting uh, as they've taken an opportunity to go in a different direction. Yeah, Joe, you've been more involved in me and in, in this kind of thing. I mean, Joe Postman, do you, do you think that that's going to be the future? Do you, do you, are you I'm kind of heartened by the idea that you might want to dip, dip your toe into, you know, the credit systems in, in China and Russia? Does that have any hold appeal to you, Joe? I would say I, Chris would be a lot more knowledgeable probably about those topics uh, than I am. I'm not quite a big financial guy. You know, I've studied uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency uh, sufficiently to understand the concept. And uh, there, I mean, with Bitcoin, with cryptocurrency, you're talking about a complete re revolution, basically a world revolution. Everyone at this point should be aware of the idea of the Federal Reserve and the fake money system that we live under, basically uh, an enslaving, we're basically globally enslaved to a an international cabal of bankers, all, all those sort of rumors, that's all true. That really is the way that it is. Um, if you want a great dog, everybody should look up Bill Still and his The Money Masters documentaries. Those are the best education you will ever receive and the only education you will ever receive because they won't teach you this in school. They won't teach you anywhere else. So look up Bill Still, William Still, and his The Money Masters documentaries. They're excellent. There you learn about uh, how basically we are enslaved globally uh, to this uh, financial system. What they do is they just create money. Uh, out of thin air, they just write in the olden days, they would just use their pen to write down a number on a piece of paper. And now they enter it on a keyboard and that's how money is created. And then you pay them interest. I mean, it becomes the currency of the land. So this thing has value because we all agree that it does. And then we pay them interest uh, for this money that they've created for us to use as if it's such a good service that they uh, wrote down a number for us. Now we have to pay them back for it. So they get the interest 
of our, our labor, you know, our labor produces uh, the interest payments and they are basically, I mean, think of the enslavement system. That is, they receive, you know, our labor, our paying interest on this money that's completely fictional. Uh, imagine that they literally have trillions of dollars, like hundreds of trillions of dollars. It's, they can buy the world. They own the world. They could buy another planet if they had to. They basically own this planet. It's really a, 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 a mind-blowing system, isn't it, Chris? I don't Absolutely. Wanna, I, I just want to jump in, Chris. I just want to say we're, we're going to keep this light. We're not going to focus too much yeah. on negativity. Uh, we're going to sure, take a sure. short break. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went. I bet you more than fifty percent didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in in uh, Palestine uh, with the U.S. Since since well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God. But under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to. Uh, that part of the world these people are have been after israel forever and and uh, supported by iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them not uh, you know basically uh create chaos in the middle east terrorism and and we saw what happened earlier this year about a month ago uh, the two one attack in israel and the death and destruction rape and kidnapping more than 240 people kidnapped joe hoft on today's news talk radio tnt I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me, and I was trying to figure it out, and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. The human mind is like a computer. No matter how efficient it may be, its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. Hi, welcome back. Um, we're with Chris Almeida. Chris, um, like us, he works remotely. Uh, remote working, uh, probably the future for most people. You know, you you need a good internet connection. You, you need all that kind of technicality. Um, Chris is currently in Portugal, um, enjoying a pretty unique life. I'm reading, Chris, that, um, you know, you worked in a variety of industries, 
steel erection, general contracting, intellectual property, uh, development and licensing, IT engineering, real estate, financing software, non-profit, foundations, applied energy research, development, film, TV, media, very, very diverse. And also, don't forget Bitcoin. Um, Chris, you know, you're such a diverse guy. You, you, you've got a broad range of knowledge and experience. And uh, um, speaking of somebody, again, wearing my hat as a remote worker like you, I'm sat here in the UK. Uh, Joe, Joe's over there in Canada. Um, I, I keep hearing uh, thoughts, ideas, fears about the um, switching off, you know, the collapse, you know, the, the internet system being switched off. We, banks, you know, again, are collapsing. You know, think systems are going down, coming back on remotely. My co colleague, um, Jeremy Nell down in South Africa, he has brownouts, a lot of brownouts, you know, lack of connectivity. If you can't connect to the internet, uh, Chris, you can't exactly uh, access your, your finances online, can you? Um, Again, we're talking about diversification, and you you said that you need physical assets. You know, fungibility—that is, is the word, isn't it? Fungibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, absolutely. That that that's correct. Um, I think this is something you know. We have a. I think you had uh, my partner Michael Austin on as a guest a few weeks back, and talked a little bit about uh, something that we put together called the Freedom Fund, where we are really focusing on the exact kind of solutions that speak to these issues. So what we're looking at is uh, decentralized alternatives to centralized infrastructure. So Bitcoin is a good example of that. There are other examples of that. If you look at Noster, that's a decentralized alternative to social media where you own your own data and you can take it anywhere you want and set up your own, your own node to participate in that. Um, we need decentralized alternatives to the internet or at least to access the internet. They're certainly going to move in a direction where they're going to require digital ideas, IDs and try to push you into identifying yourself and deciding what you're going to access on the internet. We're going to need decentralized alternatives to that. This is not just a technological thing, however. I live in a way that is fairly decentralized. I, I have my own water, I have my own power, I have my own chickens, both eggs and meat. We have our own garden, we eat out of that, we try to, you know, generate ourselves as much as we consume as much as possible we uh we run our own personal servers we don't you know no netflix uh subscription uh, i'm not paying big tech i don't have anything in the cloud uh you can move in ways there are technologies that exist today a lot of them are open source technologies and there are uh capital companies that are being built upon these technologies that are innovating in this way so if you look at Bitcoin as a technology that was founded by the cyberpunk movement, you know, has its roots in the cyberpunk movement, uh, who saw how important cryptography was from a freedom perspective, who saw how important the internet was from a freedom perspective. I mean, some of these things were rooted in, you know, how can we, we email anonymously, you know, without the government, you know, privacy concerns, really. Um, these are the kind of technologies and the products and services that we're pursuing. And, and I think we're at a tipping point uh, where more and more people are aware. When you look at what's happened with COVID, when you look at what's happened since 2020, more and more people are working remotely. They're un they understand their dependence on the internet, as you do, and, and they understand that they need a way to access that that is not controlled by the government. And that's what we're looking to support. Yeah, TNT Radio has been going two years now, and uh, it, it's 
growing fast. It's a wonderful alternative media source. And as you say, the, the pace is picking up now. The, the mainstream media especially is being discredited. Um, and again, it's, it's like a cascade effect, isn't it? The more people who catch on, word of mouth is powerful. People make personal recommendations. Again, we know that there's a lot of uh, shadow banning going on. We've seen it over here in Principia Scientific International, where I work, and uh, TNG Radio, again, suffers from it. Again, you, we're all being kind of sh- sh- corralled into a certain way of thinking, and it takes a lot of... Uh, kind of self-awareness, critical thinking to, to find a more independent path. And uh, I like what you're saying about being completely self-sufficient down there in Portugal, because again, uh, you, you joining the dots, you realize that we're, it's a multi-vectored attack on us, isn't it? Health-wise, education-wise, business, economically, you know, we have to be aware, you know, be mindful of that. And again, we're looking at new authority figures, somebody like yourself who's emerging as a credible uh, expert in your field again you need to network and we need to network guys like you and get you on the show and talk about how we can do it we, we, in the hour before you came on we had uh, gloria moss over here in the uk uh, who's pinpointed the problems in academia here and she set up truth university again i i think she could benefit with a chat with you chris i think you and her could mm-hmm. maybe be of use to each other and maybe come up with some ideas there but again, as you say it's a new age isn't it a new age new opportunities and uh, like i said at the top of the show it's not all doom and gloom because again when there's a crisis people with their head screwed on can, can make something of that can't they yeah that is absolutely correct uh we you know as i as i said earlier i really think adversity is what what creates some of the best ideas and and you know you try to put us in a box and there 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 are lots of humans out there who say no i'm not going to be put in a box i don't want to be put in a box and you're not in charge of my box <laughs> so let me find a way to get out of that and um you know this this movement is is happening with food sovereignty we're learning how important it is to not be connected to a centralized logistics you know it, why do we have to have strawberries in 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 December? You know that come from somewhere where it's warm. When you're living somewhere where it's not, right? We need to eat seasonally. We need to eat locally. I go to a, a local butcher that's you know a town away from me that raises his own cows that are grass fed. I, I know where they come from. I I you know and I turn that into products like beef bacon and things that I want to eat because I can't get them elsewhere and I'm sufficient in that way. Um, we all need to come back and learn to be more self-sufficient, more self-reliant in both analog and technological ways as much as possible. This idea that we're going to you know, scroll through TikTok and scroll through Instagram, and that's going to be, you know, the, 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 the summary of our, of our life and our entertainment, where we get our value from, is really, really warped society in a, in a very dangerous way, I think. Yeah, Chris, I, I love you. You were going to say something, Joe. Sure, Chris, I love the way that you're living and doing that, and uh, that would be a dream of mine as well. But one thing that I get concerned about, here I go with my concerns again, John, is that um, (laughs) it's hard for everybody to live like that, isn't it? Because these cities are packed so full of people, aren't aren't they? I mean, people living in the city, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, grow your own chicken and eggs, and it's even hard to know where to go to a farm to find, you know, grass-fed beef. Um, it kind of connects to the idea that there's perhaps overpopulation that perhaps we would all be able to live a higher quality of life if we lived uh what's it called more more rurally or what are your thoughts on that on on that how do we help people in the cities living in the city so densely packed yeah 
Yes, uh, I mean, there definitely there are solutions, right? Uh, people do uh, aquaponics and with, with fish tanks inside their little tiny uh, apartments in 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 in, uh, in Tokyo and places like that. So you can actually do things. And really, it's a question of of are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? Are you willing to do things that are not uh, as convenient and easy? And that, that we are a victim of our own reliance on convenience and ease. That's, that's the biggest thing. We, it's not that we're being perpetrated against. We're perpetrating against ourselves with our, you know, we don't want to get out of our way. We don't want to get off the couch. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to change something that, that's already happening. It's taken care of for us. We don't want to think about it. You know, we've got a government on the financial side. It's all about know your customer that tries to stop you from transactions. We need to reverse that. We need to know your merchant. Right? We need to know your institution, know, know your, your government. Uh, I, I don't want to support, I don't support things that don't support me in the way that I want. And, and we can make these choices in cities as well. Um, I choose not to live in a city. I'm not far from a city. I can get to a city very, very quickly. I have a, a fairly major city within 20 minutes of me. Um, that lifestyle exists. I lived in Laguna Beach in, in California, just outside of LA. I had bee, I kept bees in Laguna Beach. So you could be a beekeeper and, and I'm pretty, I was pretty much in the city, right? Uh, we were on a hill above the ocean, but yes, that's, that was still close to the city, very dense. Uh, a lot of people living there. Uh, you can have a small garden. If you have some land, you can have a patio garden. If you don't have a land, you, you can do aquaponics. You can do some solar. You can try to, uh, you know, you can, you can have a Bitcoin space heater and earn sats while you heat up uh, and pay less electricity, right? Um, there's lots of different solutions out there. Uh, it's just it's just not what's taught. You know, I have, I have two boys. They're 21 and 18. They've never been in school their entire life, 100% unschooled. They're completely unvaccinated. Uh, they've only been to a Western doctor once uh, when one broken arm. Um, one's a professional server, one's a self-taught developer. Uh, one works for Bitcoin and cash and, and the other, you know, uh, is very good at, at producing media and getting sponsorship to support his dream of becoming a, a world champion. Um, all of these things are possible. You just have to be, you have to say, so when someone says you can't, you have to say, well, I'm going to try and, and um, I'm going to do it. Right. When I worked at Microsoft in 2008 as a senior program manager, I got my, I convinced Microsoft uh, that I was going to work remotely from Hawaii. And I was the only program manager in the entire company of about 95,000 people at the time that worked remotely from the island of Kauai. <clears throat> and uh, people would say to me all the time, how could you do that? I could never do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You never could and you never will. Because their attitude is what prevents them, their beliefs. Yeah, we um, often mention on the show that um, very few people possess critical reasoning faculties. Uh, I think something like 13% is numbered bandied around. 50% of the population, Chris, are below average intelligence. Again, about 50% are um, conformist. They like to be led. Very few leaders out there, very few people with initiative. Um, and again, we're in a time now of, of turmoil and change, and people are looking for new authority figures, a new way of doing things. And again, you, you kind of hit the, hit the nail on the head. You're talking our language because, again, you're um, refocusing every aspect of your life to, to being to, to retaking your sovereignty back with your family, homeschooling, growing your own food. Uh, again, I, my own personal position, it's just a pet theory of mine, but I think the, the demise of most civilizations has been this kind of complacency that you outsource everything to the point where 
the fragility of society increases, um, pursuing cheaper and cheaper ways of doing things, and it, it just doesn't work. And I'm, I'm thinking of examples like um, the Silk Road, you know, the, the sea peoples, again, who rely on so much on, on far, like you say, getting your strawberries shipped in in December when you shouldn't. Again, when you rely on that kind of uh, model for your life, one little event, uh, you know, an earthquake, a tsunami, um, you know, some kind of event, you know, coronal mass ejection. We, we, we've been told to be aware of a coronal mass ejection. That's been uh, talked about recently in, in the science news. Um, we do live very fragile lives, don't we? Oh, 100%. You know, it's interesting. When I lived on the island of Kauai, uh, the, 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 the saying was, you know, if the ship doesn't come for a week, we're all going to start. And you look around and here's this fertile, incredibly fertile place. Literally, you can take a, a steel bar, poke it in the two inches of soil above the lava, break the rock, stick a cacao plant in there. And, you know, uh, within a year, you're going to be eating uh, cacao and making chocolate. I mean, the amount of food that this place can produce, and certainly, of course, it's a lot of tropical fruit. It's not necessarily other things, but there are chickens there, there are wild pigs there. I'm like, how can we possibly starve? And it's because everyone there has lost their ability to think critically and beyond. They, they go to the grocery store, they only see chicken in a shrink pack, a shrink wrapped package, and they believe that's what the form of meat is, right? They don't make the connection that actually comes from a living animal that we can actually keep and produce ourselves and 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 and, and not very difficult to do so so i i think you're 100 spot on i think it's convenience has been the the biggest factor to contribute to the decline of our civilization and i think that's been perpetrated by a government who wants to enslave us um and make money from nothing and uh, uh get our time you know it, it, we're, we're serfs but we, we've changed the feudal system to a very, very modern interpretation of it, right? We, we, we work for Amazon without even knowing it when we buy there because 40% uh, of uh, what, uh, you know, what we paid goes to Amazon direct, not, not even the people who produce the, the good that we bought. So um, it's very interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah, what you're making me think of, Chris, is the idea that perhaps that some of us should be working remotely like we are using the internet, but uh, as our safety net, you know, you know, re repurpose your garden, repurpose that space in, in your loft and, you know, start to grow things a different way. Um, always predict, it's like an insurance policy, isn't it? You know, if you're if you're prudent, you're always expecting the worst. You, you plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Um, I think that's probably where, where Joe, Joe Post was coming from. He keeps throwing in these points about the negativity. But again, he's trying <laughs> to find answers too. And, uh, you know, when you live in a climate, again, a climate issue is, is that, you know, in Portugal, you have a, very nice climate down there joe you're up in the colds of canada it's not so easy for you is it uh, yeah it's much colder here obviously you need to know a lot more about storage and planning ahead uh but you know that's uh you know apparently uh, what fed into uh giving europeans uh their their advantage uh, in intelligence you know planning ahead uh, for the winter coming you gotta you gotta know how to survive don't you but one great quote that i heard once was that we live in a health food store we literally live inside a health food store, but we're poisoning the heck out of it with some of our practices. Now, we've had guests on in the past about permaculture, right, John, and about uh, how you can create these systems which are self-sustaining food growing systems in very small spaces, which produce extremely healthy food. In fact, all the food that you can grow naturally, all the animals that you can grow naturally without the use of 
of all this poison that we spray on the conventional crops. They're literal health foods. It, it, like literally, they can make you fantastically healthy. And as Chris pointed out, uh, your children would never, ever, ever have to interact with the pharmacological uh, healthcare system ever. You would never have to ever, wouldn't you, Chris? hundred uh, percent. I think that's what's so exciting about the food sovereignty movement. If you look at like the regenerative farming movement, where these big producers are starting to see that like, you know, separating traditional farm practices, you know, moving animals into one place and, you know, doing corn on the same field every year, you know, this monocropping and this, agri you know, this industrial level agriculture is just so antithetical to them, even as farmers, it's kind of really against what, you know, they're trying to make things grow and feed people. That's fundamentally what they're doing. It's a business because we all need to buy food, of course, but, and, and they need to be compensated because it's damn hard work to make food. If you've ever grown food, you can really appreciate why you would pay $8 for some organic tomatoes, right? Um, but that movement is, is very exciting. I think big farmers are starting to recognize that actually it, it makes more sense economically for them not to buy the chemicals not to be dependent on all the sides, the pesticides, the, the herbicides, you know, all the, all the fertilizer, and to do so in a, in a way that's, that is natural and uh, is already part of the living cycle. You know, you feed the animals on the grass, the animals uh, drop their manure, that fertilizes the soil. You don't till the soil because that breaks it up and exposes that, that incredibly rich microculture that exists there to the sun and the wind and kills it and dries it out. You just plant things there and you plant things that are complementary to each other and you can have enormous benefit and you get to sell the animals, you get to sell the produce and, you know, it, it just makes sense all the way around. And oh, by the way, since you guys are, are dragon slayers on the climate side, you know, this is uh, consuming carbon dioxide, which is the best thing in the world for plants, absolutely necessary and provides oxygen for, for us humans who would like to breathe. So, right. Thank you, Chris. It's a great conversation. You're listening to TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last Friday in Pennsylvania, Joe Biden gave a campaign speech and he wanted to make one thing perfectly clear. Trump won't do what an American president must do. He refuses to denounce political violence. So hear me clearly. I'll say what Donald Trump won't. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy, none. Of course, Biden's a hypocrite because he himself threatened Donald Trump several times. Press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish we were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. They asked me, would I like to debate this gentleman? And I said, no, I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. And Biden's not the only one to make threats and talk about violence. Watch. Donald Trump is a guy who you understand he hurts you. And, you, and my testosterone sometimes makes me want to uh, uh, feel like punching him, and, uh, which would be bad for this elderly, out of shape man that he is. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. So the moral of the story is, if you're a Democrat, you could talk about violence all you want and nothing will happen. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. 
At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a, a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Uh, you just during the break, uh, Chris was saying he doesn't have TV. It, it's very unusual for him to watch uh, advertisements. Chris, that's so refreshing to hear you. You really have the dream life over there in Portugal. Um, I, I'm trying. We're trying. Yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I feel very blessed. I've got a, a great partner who's been with me since, uh, you know, we've been together 30, 32, 33 years, I think, since she was 21. I was 20 or other way around. Um, and we've uh, we've gone all around the world and done lots of different things and really like uh, you know committed to values that we that we share. So that's been great. Um, definitely watching commercials is very surreal for me because we certainly have a monitor and we have our own media that we watch and we watch a lot of stuff for sure. Um, our kids aren't aren't insulated from the world. We're not luddites in any way. Um, but we choose what we see and we we don't we don't take the uh, the psychological programming because that's what television is, right? It's it's just. Uh, it's, in fact, it's called programming, right? You work in the production, in the media industry, you know, right? This is programming. Yeah. And advertisers um, can dictate what the programming is. And uh, media is controlled by a very small handful, most media, not alternative media, um, but traditional media can, you know, five, four or five companies now, I think, that own all, all the media all over the world. And you can watch the... Uh, the the news shows where every newscaster is saying the exact same thing and reading from the script whether it's uh whatever side they're supposed to be on because they're just mm -hmm. two sides of the same coin so you know we've been we're very manipulated as a society we're very uh you know, controlled uh both psycho i think the psychological warfare aspect of it is is much bigger than the the kinetic warfare aspect which is kind of slowly fading into the background we're moving into an era where it's going to be economic warfare, whether it's it, and it's going to be psychological warfare, which has been ongoing for quite a long time, and uh, trying to move us in a in a pretty scary direction. But uh, I didn't mean to go in the negative way. So I, no, 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 there no. are solutions well, out there. But yeah, solutions in terms of solutions, Chris. Uh, I, I said to you during the break, we just want to you know shamelessly promote anything that you can offer because you know we, we encourage people to do your own research. And again, it, you know, share share with us you know your links, any good links that you think we should be using to to inform ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a blog on uh, Substack. It's uh, called Life on BTC. You know, also catch me on lifeonbtc.xyz. Um, and also do consulting, uh, fractional CEO, fractional COO. I go in with companies. I help them like I've done with Freedom Fund with Michael. He, he came to me with something that he wanted to do with an idea. And I uh, helped him put that into motion and, and move that in a direction that was consistent with his values and with my values. That's really um, where I excel. 
Uh, I helped another co company recently uh, shut themselves down because <laughs> they didn't have market fit and didn't want to recognize that. So there's a lot of you know realities to business that we have to face at times. Sometimes you, you might have a good idea, but it's it's not a good idea for everybody else. Um, so uh, you can catch me on LinkedIn at slash Chris Almeida, linkedin.com. Um, those are probably the best links. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well as uh, Life on BTC. Yeah, I'm banned on LinkedIn, Chris. I tried to look you up on LinkedIn. They just won't I let know. me in. I, I tried to look boy. you up too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got banned a few years ago during the pandemic. I was promoting um, the work of my colleagues about the um, the issues of the no no um, gold standard for the so-called SARS-CoV-2 and uh, the vaccine mm -hmm. integrity. And, you know, you, again, we're facing all these problems, aren't we? The censorship is real. The idea of being shadow banned and... Uh, you know, again, if you speak out of turn, Chris, you can be deplatformed quite easily now. And again, as you say, the CBDC thing, um, you know, it's, it's the idea that you, you're putting all your eggs in one basket with these with, with these bankers. They're going to shut you down if you say anything out of turn. Yeah, well, CBDCs are 100% program money, and they're going to decide when you use it, how you use it, where you use it, and, and force you to use it or lose it. Um, so it is a control mechanism. That's all it is, really, right? So um, this is the idea of 15-minute cities go hand in hand with this. They're going to decide how far you go, when you can go, when you can go visit grandma, if you can go take a trip, if you can get on an airplane. They, the elites, are going to do all of these things whenever they like without any sort of restriction. And they want the rest of us as the serfs and the slaves to be very restricted so that we can uh, you know, provide whatever value they can extract from us uh, as long as they uh, extract value from us until they decide they don't need us any longer. So mm. you know, the alternative is, is to, to move yourself out of the system as much as possible at every chance, right? This is how we protest. We protest by leading by our own example. You, know, you, don't, you don't want institutionalized education, then go find or go create for yourself. There was no homeschooling when my wife was, you know, yeah. said, hey, I'm not putting our kids in school. I said, yeah, of course, you're right, man. you do it, go. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. didn't, there was no manual. You just have to go out and figure it out for yourself and, and trust in yourself, trust in your gut, trust in your instinct, right? Yeah. So you, we know as humans, we have these two brains. We have the brain up here, we have the brain in our gut that tells us, hey, dinosaur around the corner, get ready to run, right? Or, oh, you know, the pool, this this looks safe to swim in, or this is good to eat, right? We have, we have to learn to really trust ourselves. We don't, we, we've gotten into this paradigm where we put all the trust outside of ourselves. So we need to trust the government to tell us what's good for us. We're going to trust the doctor to tell us what we should eat and what we shouldn't eat. We're going to trust, you know, the bankers to tell us, you know, what we can buy and what we can't buy, what investments we should make. Meanwhile, these are the biggest crooks. These are, are the biggest offenders from, a, from a, a climate and ecological perspective. I mean, let's not even get started about, you know, the stuff that's raining from the sky on us uh, uh, constantly and the weather manipulation. COVID, of course, uh, what happened there with the, uh, uh, the complete lack of ability to get uh, informed consent on an, an experimental vaccine that's purely motivated by the financial crisis that was happening in late 2019 that most people aren't even aware of, right? This was the way to reset everything for them. Keep people at home, inject a bunch of uh, printed money into the system and shift things in the direction they want and, and create an excuse to put more controls in place. So we have to protest with our actions. We have to seek alternatives. We have to seek 
away from convenience and we have to be our own trusted authority. And we have to find trusted authorities who, who believe in the same way that we do. That's how we get decentralized, right? Like, you know, you have a friend in Portugal now, and if you come here, I can guide you to the right places that you want to go that are consistent with your beliefs and where you want to spend your money. And I hope that I can do the same in Canada or the same in, in the UK, right? That's how we create profits across the globe. And here in my community, you know, we've got a Bitcoin meetup. We have a organic food meetup. You know, I know I know the farmers uh, at the farmers market. I know which ones I can buy from and which ones are reselling. You know, from Dole and that kind of stuff. So um, that's how you you get yourself informed. You be as aware as you can, and you create your own networks of trust. Yeah. Also, you make me think of the bartering system as well. You don't necessarily need a cash economy. You again, you help me, I help help you. My neighbour is my friend, and uh, again, little things we can do that way. Again, it's about communication, reaching out to people, being open minded about that. Because again, one of the things we learned during the lockdown pandemic was they wanted to isolate us, didn't they? They wanted us not to communicate with our friends and neighbours. You couldn't yep. gather in social groups. No wonder why. Because again. When you share information, Chris, as you say, that that's a very empowering. Knowledge is power. And uh, when you're facing a crisis like that, you don't realize, you don't quite know the future. You, you kind of have to keep all your options open. Uh, and I like what you're saying, you know, build a nice network of friends, people you can call on at any time. Um, one of the things I thought about when I was inviting you on the show, Chris, was I, I thought I thought we might have a wide-ranging conversation about uh, setting up some uh, business scheme. But again, a lot of your ideas are pretty much for ordinary people, just to, to make small changes, just to gain regain personal sovereignty. And it's interesting how that can, if it goes well, then you can extend it perhaps into a business model that could uh, could be quite profitable. So again, it's a like a multi-layered thing, isn't it? Really. Absolutely, right? This kind of thinking can be applied uh, dimensionally in any kind of pursuit and, and it makes sense in business, right? If you're, uh, you know, competition is good. Capitalism, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I absolutely believe in a free market. You know, if you make the best product and, 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 and you have the ability to get out of the market on an equal basis as to other products, then the, you know, the consumers will decide that that's the best product and you'll be successful. Um, users are important. Uh, we need to to keep their uh, them centralized. We need to not be in love with our solutions. We need to be in love with the problem. Um, all of these concepts can extend into business. Uh, they can extend into how we cooperate and partner with other businesses. How we set up networks that are complementary to one another. How we create we create win win situations. Um, that's something that I've I've focused on quite a bit in business. I found the best partnerships, uh, the best negotiations are not when uh, I've come in and, you know, how much can I get from this person or how much of a good deal can I get over, over them? Can I, can I cheat them a little bit? And, you know, um, the, those, those, those kind of deals never sent, tend to work out in the end. It's kind of like a lie, you know, it's not a matter of if, but when you'll get caught, right? And, and you do a lot of things to, uh, to prop that construct up. So, uh, I try and create win-win uh, partnerships where we're both very happy. We both give up something and we both gain something. And uh, I think uh, people uh, can feel that kind of authenticity. They can feel that kind of energy. Certainly there are those out there who are willing to manipulate. There are those out there who are willing to take advantage of others, but you just don't do business with those kinds of people. So you can apply these principles uh, pretty much across everything we do. You know, when it comes from creating a product, whether it's a, a tech product or, you know, something that we use in our home every day, right? So 
I'm really fascinated with Bitcoin heaters right now. That's my big thing that I'm exploring. Wow, can I can I can I reduce uh, 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 my my consumption of electricity and actually get paid for using it while I'm producing heat? That's something uh, that, that is, again kind of frames that as a, a win-win situation, right? I earn while I burn. That makes a lot of more sense to me than uh, throwing a 10,000 watt heater in a garage and just blowing out hot air and consuming uh, electricity for nothing. So. Um, I talk about that a lot with uh, clients when I'm doing consulting, uh, these different principles and how we can create these environments and how we can create these sort of partnerships. Yeah, and um, you know, keeping a, 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 the optimism thing going, the theme there is the idea, where, where do you feel that the, the upbeat sector is going to be? Where, where do you feel that the opportunities are coming? Um, you know, fast changing world now, the rise of the BRICS nations. Um, for all types of investors, you know, low key investors, you know, medium and high, you know, high, high net worth investors, just for each kind of category, where, where, where would you sort of recommend they look? That's a great question. I think the world is, is turning on awareness wise, and that's really going to push how they act and what they consume in the future. And that's going to be across all sectors. So there are definitely movements that are happening on the sovereignty perspective, and they they're, they're going to be felt in education. They're going to be felt in, in food. They're going to be felt in technology. They're going to be felt in, in, in finance. Um, DeFi is obviously a big, big space from that. Um, for high net worth individuals, I think I'm really saying move yourself into technologies that are going to promote your individual liberty to maintain your wealth. <clears throat> And if they really make that connection to understand that their wealth is currently held in a monetary system that is so debased, you know, a, a dollar from 1913 can buy you three cents today. That's the, the erosion of, of purchasing power that's happened over that period of time. So, you know, tr the traditional real estate, you know, let's buy real estate and flip that. All the, these kind of paradigms are, are starting to be shifted. So, uh, I'm really moving, obviously, Bitcoin is a big focus at Freedom Fund. We're actually holding Bitcoin directly as part of our assets under management, in addition to the venture capital that we're moving into, or the companies that we're looking to support, and look into support fundamental technologies that are going to hold up the infrastructure outside of centralized control. I think that's the direction things are heading. It's going to be a long road, but 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 that's the foundation that's being laid. So essentially, you're you're fairly optimistic, Chris. You're not uh, one of these doom and gloom merchants. No, I mean, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. And my wife's an incredible researcher, and she's up on every bit of it. And so I'm very, very aware of what's happening. Um, but, you know, we, we choose. As human beings, we choose. We, we create. We decide what we're going to create. We decide the reality that we're going to enjoy. We, we decide that through our actions, through our energy, through our voices, through our tone, through our words. All those things are real. Um, you know, you're, 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 the things you say carries a frequency and we are in a world of frequency and vibration. So um, we, we need to hear those things. We need to know that they're there. You know, we need to know that there's a bear around the corner so that we can go in a different direction, but we don't need to dwell on the bear, right? And we don't need to be mad about the fact that the bear exists and he wants to eat us, right? So that's just a waste of time and a waste of energy. So let's just move in a different direction and go around the bear and, find a way to have a great, peaceful and beautiful and productive day. Yeah, and the, I imagine the Almeida family is very, very well set over there in Portugal. It sounds like you've got a perfect kind of idyllic uh, setting there for your family, Chris. So 
Um, We're a normal family. Normal family, uh, yeah. You're at a premium these days. Normal families are are on the decline. We need to make sure that they they don't become extinct. Um, Chris, Almeida, it's such a pleasure speaking with you, giving us some insights on the financial side, business side, and being an entrepreneur um, for every level. So, uh, Chris, thank you for joining us on Sky Dragon Slaying. This is TNT Radio. Thanks for your time.